Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of Play the Bay is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. March Madness is upon us, and BetOnline has you covered for all news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And now, play the bay. From Channel Side Drive, where Lord Stanley Cup rests. Time kicks down! The Lightning win the Stanley Cup! Travel across the bridge to St. Pete to find our American League champs. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. And get ready to fire the cannon. Blob pass toward the end zone. Gronkowski makes the catch. Touchdown Tampa Bay. What a great grab by Gronk. Because it's time for another episode of Play the Bay. Play the Bay. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Play the Bay presented by Believe Podcast Network and Three Daughters Brewing. How are you guys today? It's been kind of slow in the realm of Tampa Bay sports for the last week. So, you know. I mean, we're here. We're going to spice it up, give it a little injection, Mm -hmm. you know, get get the juices flowing, Florida style. I'm I'm back after not being here last week. Oh yeah! True. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we were missing yeah. the third musketeer. How how yeah. are you? I'm better. So so much better. I'm cracking one open. That's against doctor's orders. Oh boy! I, before we went live, literally before yeah. seconds before, you're like, I'm just gonna drink water. Doctor's orders, and then now yes. we're three seconds into the show, and, and you're, you're having drinking a beer. A beer. <laughs> Which, by the way, is a Three Daughters beer. Evan, tell us about what you have in your hand there, buddy. So today's uh, Three Daughters beer, which we are proudly sponsored by, is not an actual IPA. It's actually a stout. It's a red velvet stout. What? Red velvet stout. It is very nice and creamy and tastes all the red velvety goodness. See, a stout stout's not for me, but it sounds great. Like, I love a red velvet cake, a cupcake. All of that, but and you dessert red velvet. I'm kind of partial to as well. I'm in on that as well. And I just spilled a little bit on my desk. I'm like, God, what am I doing? I'll just drink from the can for like I'm a normal human being. Jesus Christ! Now, Paige obviously is is in the medical profession as well. Does she know that you're you're drinking a beer right now? Yeah, she does. She's okay. All right, just checking. She's okay. I I feel like I don't know her that well, but I love her because she seems very easygoing. You know? She is my wife is uh very very easygoing. I I, I hit the jackpot yes. when I got when I married my wife. And when it comes to like getting sick, um, you know, I guess usually men are the biggest babies in the world, but you know, when I get sick, I, I try not to turn to my wife because she has no sympathy for me when I get sick because she takes mm-hmm. she's she's an ICU nurse, she takes care of people that have way worse, you know, injuries or sicknesses more than I do, but this was kind of a serious thing. So she was actually concerned this time. And she was like, you need to go to the ER like now, <laughs> if you can't swallow, I, I, so here's what happened. Let's hear the story. Set it up for us. <laughs> yeah, here. Set it up. Here's what happened. So Sunday night, 
I ate some pot roast. The pot roast actually got stuck in my windpipe, and this is something I've been dealing with for the past couple of years. And this was like the worst time. This is like the worst episode of it happening. It got stuck in there. I was like, okay, you know, I'll take some medicine. Hopefully, it'll it'll go down. It'll go down the gulf because <clears throat> usually sometimes it takes two hours and I'm back to normal. So one day goes by, still nothing. St- I can't even I can't even drink water. Water comes back up. Okay, that's bad. You need water. So Bad. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I can go a day without food and water. And I'll just keep taking this. I'll be okay. Yeah. That's so not normal thought not process. The, not the smartest thing to do. You know, I, I figure, <laughs> hey, I've, I'm kind of, I'm, I can st- like, like the bears do. I can store water and, and food, like you know, for the winter. I can, one day would be fine. Okay. Second day goes on. Still nothing can stay down. Water and I can't even I can't even have crackers. That's how bad it is. Like what even my own saliva is coming back up. I'm sorry, this is gonna be a disgusting story. This, wow. We should so this, this X-rated yeah, so <laughs> This is going on two days. And by Wednesday of last week, uh I was like, I, I'm I'm kind of panic. I'm in panic mode right now. I can't eat. I'm I'm getting irritable. I'm like I'm starting to lash out at people because I haven't had a meal or any kind of sip of water. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna go to the hospital. Uh, and get this thing taken care of. So finally it did. I got hooked up to, to some meds. Um, and then, you know, finally that food, whatever was stuck in my throat, which was still stuck in my throat two days later, finally went through. Uh, they did a scope of my my throat just to see what was going on. And I, and finally, I'm kind of, I'm almost to 100%. I'm still a little scratchy in the throat when it comes to eating like hot foods and stuff. But other than that, I feel fine. I finally got to know what's going on. But yeah, it was it was getting kind of scary. Uh, being two and a half days with no liquids or food. So uh, I've been eating like an animal. Uh, I've been eating every, like, it was like after I, so dude, I got, so I got put under for this procedure. Oh, and that's true. Oh, wow. So Twilight, you were kind of, yeah, now I put under and you went to sleep. Oh, okay. Ow. Oh, they, oh, it was snoozer time, man. So they're like, they put the, okay. they put the the Darth Vader, Darth Vader mask on you. And then like, okay, <laughs> count down from 10. I'm like, okay, I know this drill already. I'm like 10, nine. Okay. Take a deep breath and I'm out. Plan is dead. I'm out. I, I don't remember nothing. And then the next thing I know, I'm waking up and, and you know, they're like, yeah, man, everything went well. Are you good? I'm like, can I drive home? They're like, no, you <laughs> what's wrong with you. You can't drive home. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Where's my wife? They're like, well, she can drive home. Okay. I can still drive. But I mean, I'll be honest. <laughs> I've driven worse than this doctor. They're like, what? No. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm finally uh, back to hundred percent. I can enjoy foods and, and drinks and stuff so yeah yeah i'm back you had a blockage and you're esophageal in my esophageal yes i i'm so glad love you're that back. word love it it's, yeah that's a very that's a word of the day very doctorly esophageal Esoph- well that's what i got diagnosed with esophageal es- dysplasia wow. i hate when that happens yeah yeah i know mm-hmm. it's not good not yeah. good at all no. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're back because we're obviously yes. talking Tampa Bay Rays baseball today, and it's just not the yes. same without the one baseball fan of the show being well, here. Wait a minute. I'm a, I'm a baseball <laughs> fan. I, let's not jump out of any windows. That's fair. That's I, just, fair. That's I think that, uh, you know, baseball is a little secondary here in Tampa just due to the fact right now the Bucks won the Super Bowl, and we're all still, mm-hmm. you know, you had a weird football season, and, you know, we, we just were kind of all still on – you know, grab and hold the last taste of the Super Bowl cup, the last yeah. sip of the yummy nectar that we've chased. That's I like, fair. I like the yummy nectar. Yeah. yeah. This nice. <laughs> really good. is. Yeah, the rating. We're going to have to put the little E explicit if we keep talking about <laughs> esophageal and nectar. Esophageal and all that stuff. 
Got all, all right. my big words out of the way. I know. <laughs> Let's bring in our guests so we can jump into baseball. Today, we have Alex Murphy joining us. He's the co-founder of Raise the Roof Network and the co-host of the Raise the Roof podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Alex. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. How's everyone doing? Good, hey, Alex. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show there, buddy. Yeah, of course, of course. Have you guys been watching the tournament? I hope so. Uh, so a after bit, after Oral okay. Roberts did hits destruction, uh, I basically <laughs> took my bracket and uh, threw, threw it out and said, yeah, "Yeah, I'm done." And I was like, "I'm done. I'm not doing. Flaming I'm not dumpster fires." Yeah, uh, the sense. bracket as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah as you can see by the flag and by the hat on, uh, mm-hmm. I'm a Maryland terps. And there we go. Uh, my goodness, is Alabama a good basketball team? I think they. <laughs> I think they set an NCAA record for most three pointers made in a game, and it happened to be the one against Maryland. So. Feeling great after losing by 19, but we weren't expected to win. So it's fine. We, we won a game, so we're all good. So, yeah, Alex, you know, we're all gearing up. Opening day is about maybe a week week away, if not. Mm-hmm. You know, the Rays coming off a World Series berth last year, of course, losing to the Dodgers. Um, you know, kind of a lot of the media hype is kind of really kind of turned on the Rays, thinking they won't. They've kind of got taken a step backward. The squad isn't what it used to be because, you know, Blake Snell's gone. Charlie mm-hmm. Morton's gone. Um, they've added a few pieces on the rotation. Like guys that we've seen used to be really good. Like you know, Rich Hill, a.k.a. Dick Mountain, is in the rotation. Chris Archer they brought back. Um, so it, it seems like the Rays are kind of falling underneath the radar yet again, which is good. I like that being under the radar, you know, the underdogs in this situation. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to get your thoughts going into the, in the, the 2021 season. Has this team gotten better worse are they staying the same when it comes to this year compared to last year so i think the easiest way to describe it is is that on paper they're worse because of the fact that they lost snow and they lost more which makes sense i mean snell was the team's ace uh, and has been the ace of the team for the last few years obviously winning the Cy young in 2018 and morton has really evolved since he had troubles in Philadelphia and then ended up going to Houston, becoming a stud, obviously came to the Rays and was really, really good. Kind of regressed last year in terms of his statistics, but was still really, really good and was a reliable pitcher in the postseason. Losing both of them at the start of your rotation is a big blow to this team moving forward. However, I think that the pieces that they added, especially in the on the pitching side of it, Uh, I think they added a lot of good pieces that are really going to help out this rotation. So adding someone like Rich Hillen, who is a, who has been known to, you know, he's been a, he's been a lights out starter, a lefty has a really, really good hook and doesn't really throw that hard, but you're not really expecting him to, you're expecting him to pitch a contact much in the same way that Brian Yarbrough is, um, who's another lefty in the rotation and the Rays are really going to need him to step up. Uh, And then adding, you know, Chris Archer back, who I know had some, there was some ill will between him and the mayor of St. Petersburg when they left because of, you know, things that went back and forth. But hopefully all of that is gone and it's just good feelings from, uh, for him with the Rays. And I think that I, in, in Pittsburgh, I just don't know how the pitching, like how the pitching coach and the staff, how that works. Because apparently, according to, uh, I think it was a podcast I listened to with Glass now on it. He said that basically the way that they ran their pitching thing was if it worked for one guy, it'll work for the other, for like anyone else who has got a problem going on, which doesn't make any sense because like Tyler Glass now six seven and Chris Archer's not six seven. <laughs> what so a, what like, a great mantra most of to us have are for six seven. seven. <laughs> yeah, especially especially when the pitcher that you pit that you traded away got a Kings like 
treasure from the Pirates yeah. from them, and then you got that same picture back in in free agency. So it's it's continued slaps in the face. The it's game. not a good look. And then no. with the fact that they're supposed to have the number one draft pick, and there's a number of guys that they can pick, I'm kind of scared for who's ever going to Pittsburgh because I don't want their arms to get destroyed, especially Kumar Rocker. I really don't want his arm to get destroyed because I love watching him pitch at Vanderbilt. But and then I guess the last guy to add in um, on the rotational side of things was Colin McHugh, who has struggled a little bit in spring training so far. But for the most part, uh, in 2018, in terms of looking at statistics, he had a really, really good season kind of converting himself more from a starter to a long reliever. And I think that they can use him in that role. I know they were thinking about experimenting with guys, throwing like eight to ten pitchers out for like 80 to 100 innings uh, during the course of the season. I don't know if they're going to do that. It makes sense because it's the Rays and they just do things however they want and they don't try to go by the status quo when it comes to things. So I think in terms of pitching, I think it's regressed, but I still think it's really good. And in terms of offense, the only two guys that they lost, or I mean the only, I guess, major person that they lost was Hunter Renfro. And other than that, I mean, not really anyone else. Plus you're getting a full season of Randy Rosarena back. You're getting hopefully a healthy Austin Meadows back who's looked really good in spring training so far. You're getting hopefully a full season of Lau who has looked, uh, I mean, I don't know how well he's looked in spring training, but I mean, if you take what he's done so far in his career and you piece that together into one season, that is an all-star caliber season, an MVP caliber yep. season. So you're getting a lot of guys back for a full year, hopefully. And honestly, I think that the team is really going under the radar and they're definitely a playoff caliber team. It's just, they need to kind of have everything click at the right time, especially with pitching, because a lot of those guys have been unproving commodities in recent years. Looking at this team, you know, like, I'm, I'm glad to say that about the pitching. It's it's kind of like a brand new pitching rotation. The guys in offense and in the infield effort are, are pretty much similar to what we saw last year. You mm -hmm. know, with with these guys in place, you know, who is who is really the Rays player or players that really has the most to, to prove and you can exclude Mike Zunino because we already know what he's going to do. Trash bag. You can ex exclude him. We already know what he's going to do. Like I was going to say Zunino. Um, I mean, his defense is the reason why he's still on yep. the team for obvious yep. reasons. I, I really hope he can work on his offense because I mean, like he was, he had good seasons in Seattle and I don't know why it's not translating over and he's just swinging over every pitch in existence, but hopefully he'll be able to fix that in some sort of way. What I was thinking in terms of guys that, that really need to prove themselves this season, one of them is Yanni Diaz, who I like, I don't know if he just wants to walk all the time, but that's just <laughs> kind of what he turned into last season. And I don't get it. Like, if you look at him, he he's he looks like one giant muscle. Like he's so yoked <laughs> and he's so just strong that he looked like he looks like he can hit like 45 home runs a season. Alex, his, I've, I've I've come to the conclusion that uh, he doesn't like to swing because his arms are full of like cotton candy or, or candies. Maybe, so if you, maybe, if you pop maybe it's his, like that SpongeBob yeah, episode where yeah, he's it, got like the inflatable arms yep. and then he can't actually do anything. It's just for show. Like, I but, can't scratch my ear. I can't swing the bat. <laughs> yeah, I I like he looks like a guy that should be able to hit thirty home runs a season. I don't know why he's not put the pieces together on it yet, and I think he still needs to work on his launch angle um, because obviously his exit velo is there. But as as much as like hopefully if he can still work on his launch angle and that sort of thing, then he'll be able to to really um, develop as a hitter. And then I think honestly Tyler Glass now needs to prove himself this season, and the reason why is because now he's the ace of the team. There's no more Snell. There's no more Morton. Yeah. Glass now is that guy, and we saw. 
greatness in him in, at the beginning of 2019 and then obviously got hurt. And since he's gotten hurt, he hasn't looked like the same guy as the start of 2019. And I mean, he just throws, he throws a lot of pitches. He doesn't really go that deep into games. You're expecting him to give up a few runs a start, usually a home run or two, just because that's just become the pitcher that he is. Luckily he has added in that third pitch that what he calls a slutter. And I mean, I don't, it's, it's basically like a combination of a slider and a cutter. Is he um, naming pitchers like, like Rick slur, Vaughn like from slur? Major League? I I don't know. I also don't think that he realizes how many Rays fans swoon over him. And by using the word slutter, it's not going to help out things in that sort of way. <laughs> it's, Alex, it's the hair. He's got he's got Honestly, those blocks. It's the hair, man. There is a there's a group chat of like Rays fans that I'm in, and there's a picture that's like circulated around of Glass now with his shirt off, and like he's got like a perfect six or eight pack of abs, and everyone like. There have been nights where we've just like for an, for like hours on end just looked at the photo and we're like, oh my god! I'm slightly <laughs> like disturbed. How? I'm slightly disturbed that you guys do that. I understand, <laughs> but it's just I. Sometimes you just can't understand things. You just got to go with the flow. <laughs> I get it. Kier, Kiermaier has his eyes. Glass now has the hair and the abs. I yeah, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. But buying the whole team, and we're pretty darn looking uh, good looking baseball team. It's a good I looking guess. team. <laughs> Honestly, of everybody. Put him you're, not, you're not wrong about that one bit, but yeah. So with just like I guess the last thing with Glass now is is that hopefully that third pitch and he's debuted it so far in spring training. It actually looks like a really effective pitch. It's it definitely has that cutter movement on it, but it has that it has that slide action as well. So it definitely like for a right-handed batter, it'll slide into them. And I think he's trying to aim for like that low and inside corner, especially in a right-handed hitter. And if he can land it there consistently then that's a really effective pitch because obviously his fastball has great movement on it and he throws it, you know, 90, anywhere from 97 to 101 miles an hour. And then his, um, I mean, he's always been kind of a two pitch pitcher because he, he has a changeup, but he throws it about like 12 times a season. So you really don't see it that much. And his, his curveball has such ridiculous movement on it and is one of like the best single pitches in baseball. Just looking at like, taking those stats and kind of extracting them out just on the curveball. It's one of the best pitches in baseball. He just needs to control it more. So adding that third pitch hopefully will help make him a more effective pitcher overall. Do you think he's going to be able to handle that, that number one spot? Now I'm glad they brought in a veteran like Rich Hill because Rich Hill has, has been one of those top pitching mm-hmm. rotation guys. Do, do you think glass now will be able to handle that pressure of now? Okay. This is, this is my, rotation now i mean morton's gone snell's gone now it's it's me you know what i mean yeah i i mean well i mean time will tell we'll see i I don't know if he's prepared himself over the offseason obviously he's had some time to prepare since both um morton and snell left in basically december Mm -hmm. so he's had a couple months to you know go through in his head hey i'm probably going to be the ace of this team i'm gonna have to step my stuff up and step my game up for this season I, I don't know if he's fully comprehended that. And he's he's getting the ball on opening day. He's getting the ball on April 1. So yep. he'll be pitching. I just don't – like, I, I hope that he will evolve into that role. I just – I, I want to see that that start of 2019 glass now back instead of 
kind of what he's become because that start of 2019 class now was a guy who was lights out, had like a sub two ERA. And now he's turned into a guy who you're expecting to have an ERA anywhere between three, five to four five. And he needs to become that guy. If not, you know, the sub two, which I know can be a little bit um, of an extremity in that, but at, at least be a guy who can be, um, who can go out there and, and have a sub three ERA uh, every season. I think it, the pitcher like Glasnow, though, I mean, you had coming in in that time frame, and not a lot of people see the stuff that he has. Mm-hmm. And what you mentioned, I mean, his curveball, that depth of him and Rich Hill get together and start comparing and contrasting curveballs. Stick mountain to you, Chip. <laughs> dude. And they figure out how they can both work on curveballs. They have some of the best depth, like 12 to 6, you know, starting yeah. at your chest, dropping to your feet. So, yeah, if those guys get together and work on that, that would be a dangerous, uh, you know, collaboration at both those guys. Because you're right. Both those guys have unbelievable off-speed stuff. And if they can figure out how to fit together um, and work together, I think that'll be key uh, in development as well. Yeah, agreed. 100% agreed. Alex, what do you think about this uh, drive-through fan fest? I – so – from what I know about it, so in terms of where I'm located, I'm not in Florida. I live in South Jersey, uh, southern New Jersey. So I live like 20 minutes outside of Philadelphia. So um, I won't be able to go there or really get uh, – like hopefully I'll be able to make my way down to Florida sometime soon this season to go watch the Rays or maybe even Baltimore to go see a game, you know, closest places to me. Yeah. What I know about the Fan Fest, because it's actually great. We have someone on our team, uh, Elijah Flewellen. He oh, works yeah. for the Rays. He's a team receptionist. Yep. Um he has given us a lot of details kind of with what everything, you know, like, like what's going on with that. And I think it's great that they're doing something. I know obviously we're used to having the fan fest go on at the trop and people being able to go there to, uh, you know, take photos with players, get autographs, get really, really cheap uh, game used jerseys and giveaways that the race just have left over that kind of stuff. And it'll be something similar to that this season, or you know, in like a couple days. Uh, but it's not going to be the exact same thing. But I still think that it's like it's. I think it's a fantastic idea for the organization to do. And obviously, with social distancing in place, I think this is a great idea with with the drive through aspect of it. I think it's stupid. I know, Evan. You, I knew you were going to have that take. Well, like. <laughs> It's meant to get the fans engaged, and it's I, meant to bring. I, I get it. I've been I, to Fan Fest. I've been to Fan Fest many times. You just right. can't. You can't do that. You can't have that happen. And the current conditions where we've got a city to the south of us setting riots and having curfews with well, you know, listen, thousands listen, of people. Listen, Chip, that's Miami. Miami, there are a bunch of heathens over there, anyways. So well, I know. Let's let's, let's you know. We're I, in the I, same state. I, I know that. I, I just look at this as almost another way of, of Stu just kind of slapping people in the face, especially the fans. Like a drive-through fan fest to me, it's a it's a it's a great idea. Don't get me wrong. I mean, because mm-hmm. the times that we're in, you have to be safe with social di- social distancing distancing and everything. I, I just think with with stuff being opened up, especially like the NFL experience where they had people in, people wearing masks, and it was crowded. You can still do the same thing, like. You don't need to have something like a drive-through fan fest where over the Howard Franklin Bridge they're having the NFL experience where tons of people are coming in, people are still going out. 
I, now I that's the think, Super Bowl you're talking about. Yeah. Most, Wait, yeah. Well, hold on, now. hold on, hold on now. It, it's still, even though it's the Super Bowl, it's still, no. it's still an event where fans can compare in. the Super Bowl to Fan Fest. I, I, I can, com- I can compare it because it's set up no. just, just the same. It's what almost- about timing though? Like t- timing for the MLB, which faced obviously kind of criticism at the end of last season for their COVID protocols or lack thereof yep. on the field, celebrating whatever, whatever. That's Justin yep. Turner's fault. He's but nice. correct. Yep. But like they faced criticism. They struggled significantly. So for them, like this is right before opening day. So they're trying to have nothing hinder the season going as planned. Whereas the Super Bowl, I feel like the NFL's mentality was it doesn't matter what happens? Who gets COVID? What we need to move around? This season's happening. Biggest company in the world and the universe. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. And it's the last game of the season. I mean, yeah. like they have they have nothing else to worry about. There's no repercussions. The yeah, exactly. After that, I still, I listen. I, I, I like I said, it's a it's a good idea just to have that way the fans can interact with the the, the players. They can get their autographs. I just I still think it, they could have maybe have opened up. The, I mean, the chop's going to be open up anyways in like yeah. two weeks after that. You, you might as well do it. I mean, of course, limit the fans go in for Fan Fest. Maybe have both. Maybe have a drive-through thing and have some people go in as well. I'm just saying you could have opened it up just a little bit to let people in. I do agree with that. I, I do agree with that. I also think that if they were going to do that, they would have had to. I think I don't know how much time that they had really to plan everything out because obviously you would have to put you know essentially like time slots in, saying that like you can only be here. Or what I would assume is is that. They would say, you know, like a ticketed thing. So you would only be able to go inside for like an hour to two hours at a time. And then the next group of people would be able to go in and stuff and stuff like that. And then you would obviously have to figure out a way to social distance everything uh, around the stadium and all of that stuff. So I don't know if they and also I don't know if most people realize, but the the WWE is currently inside of Tropicana Field right now and they're uh, using it. So I don't know if they have the ability to even go in there and do anything true. considering they have a giant like I don't even know what the heck that they set up in there. But yeah. I stand yeah. corrected. That is that's true. The WWE is there for WrestleMania. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's correct. probably the reason why they're doing the drive in thing is because they have a giant setup for the WWE, which is just it's kind of funny to think about that it's just going on inside because I know like people have like walked by it and they've just heard like fireworks going off inside and like what the hell is going on inside the trough? They're but- finally burning it down. There's a new stadium, <laughs> which is a great segue into the last thing we'll we'll talk to you about, Alex. Is the stadium saga continues yet again? We've had four yeah. proposed uh, four proposed sites that are going to be possibly coming up if if they ever get their act together about what's going to happen for the stadium. Point blank. Is it going to get done? I, God, I don't know. Okay, that's <laughs> I, I all I need to know. That's it, all I need to know. I, that, like, that's the biggest thing is, is that no one really knows what's going to happen. I know that all of the, all of the current proposals in terms of the redevelopment of the Tropicana field site, all of them are featuring open air stadiums. Now, I don't know if those are going to um, allow for the possibility of adding in a retractable roof because you have to have a roof in Florida somehow. Like it yeah. just, it doesn't make any sense to not have a roof on a stadium in Florida, especially with what the Rays have been doing at Tropicana Field. I don't know if they still own the Ebor City area, and I also know that they have the Al Lang Field. I know they have the um, all of the you know all of that area done because of the Rowdies, and they now own the Rowdies. So 
I don't know if they would just tear that down and put something else there or if they're just planning on just sticking with the TROP redevelopment site or if they're trying to go to Tampa or I, I don't know. I, I think that the I think that Stu's still pushing really hard for the Montreal Split City plan, which I know none of us really like. Hashtag Stu all. sucks, by the way. Hashtag Stu sucks. So. Well, I, I mean, I'm... I don't want to say that because like I don't want him to like come on my butt because like like we're still trying to grow the raise the roof Alex, thing. So. Alex, that's that's okay. I'll say it for you. Hashtag okay, thank you. <laughs> but, I'll, I'll be your voice for the little people. Yeah, Hashtag we don't want raise credentials or anything. We're out, dude. Hey, hey, we can listen, listen, listen. Hashtags do so. We can be we can be vocal about our owners. Okay. I, I really I mean I mean the idea doesn't make any sense because I mean like I'm, I'm sure that you guys have discussed in depth, but I mean like. Yeah. There's like passports that are involved. You have to buy two different houses, probably. There's like, you know, logistics of people going from place to place. You get, you know, building one stadium or like redeveloping one stadium is probably a good idea. But then deciding, oh, let's build two new stadiums because that's not going to cause any problems. That's just another wrench in the like, it doesn't make any sense. And Montreal's not a, they're a hockey city. They haven't had a professional sports team other than the Canadians inside of the city of Montreal for more than 35 years. Straight. Listen, we could talk about this subject till I guess. pull my hair out and punch, <laughs> punch poutines. I, I've almost to the point where I boycotted everything Canada, except for Letterkenny, because it's a funny ass show on Hulu, by the way. Uh, but yeah, well, Alex, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, you know, before we get out of here, plug all your stuff, you know, where, where we can find you at, where we can find Raise the Roof Network. Yeah, I'll try to do all of that. So for us on all of our social media accounts, uh, it's just Raise the Roof TV. So that's on our Twitter, uh, Instagram, our Twitch channel, and our TikTok account. We also have a YouTube account, which is just Raise the Roof. Um, and we have our website, RaiseTheRoofTV.com. That's kind of where you can find all of our stuff. And I, I guess for me, just my Twitter account is just at, I think it's at Alex underscore Murphy, George, J-O-U-R, because journalism. Uh, so you can find me there if you guys want to DM me about anything, raise the roof, or if you want to DM the raise the roof account, uh, our DMs are open. So feel free. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Stay safe. Let me put that over there. That snazzy overlay that Kaylee did. Look there at that. Go. I have Look such perfectionist syndrome because I'm looking at it and I was like, I can't wait to tweak it after this. <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying. It's all right. Annoying habit. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad uh, you know, we have a difference of opinion for the fan fest. So, you know. I, Guys, I don't know. Yeah. I gotta tell you one thing though. That whole fan fest thing, Ray's Stadium and everything, that scares me half to death, dude. And you know what? I don't relax very well. With my crazy life, it's just hard for me to chill and shut down my brain. I get easily stressed out, and it effing sucks. You do? So, yes. Wow. So I have Sunday Scaries, which are delicious and vitamin-boosted CBD gummies. Is that our new sponsorship? It is. They basically become a go-to in my daily routine. All I need is just about 20 minutes, and they take the edge off everything so I can maintain my composure and live scare th- scare free. And guess what? Right now, there's no risk to buy. The company offers 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. And if this product isn't for you, the Sunday Scaries, which it's going to be, you're going to get your money back. Because Sunday Scaries, we're in the stress of relieving the stress, not giving you the stress. So Sunday Scaries, everybody go there, check them out, 25% off your first order. Taking the stress out of your life. Evan, you look well scared already. 
I do. You know what? If you go to FanFest, pop a couple of those Sunday scares and you'll feel at ease. <laughs> Everything will be fine. Everything will be okay with those, those CBD gummies, buddy. <laughs> I'm very excited to try them. I actually, while you were doing that ad read, I Googled them. So yeah. I'm here. I love their website, by the way. It's very colorful. Very, it's, very cool. It, uh, well, they are, I love they DVD, are, as you know, so they, they are sending me some samples. So us will be able to sample the Sunday scaries. So yeah. let's do it. Let's do I'm it. Totally in. That's yeah. exciting. Yes, do is. you guys, you guys want to talk some Buccaneers? Do we? Agency? You better. Uh, yes, we do. You better. Great. Hold that's on. what I, that's what I thought. Bring it. The Buccaneers. There you go. Hat change. There we go. The salary cap that never existed. The numbers that don't mean anything. <laughs> well, I, was, like, I was so disappointed I couldn't discuss that with you guys last week. Oh, I know. <laughs> I can only imagine your takes, but feel free to slip them into this week. Oh, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been, like I said, it's it's been a pretty quiet week. I, they haven't done a ton, which makes sense because... You know, the only like real big name guys that they haven't signed up until this point is Ndamukong Sue, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette. And there's not really a rush to sign these guys for obvious reasons, cost, um, the fact that, you know, you could probably do without two of them altogether. Um, but for you guys, do you, who's the most important of these three to resign? And do we need to resign any or can we do without them all? Chip, start with you. I am going to go ahead and say, well, personally, <laughs> I think you can go without any of them hmm. and get better in the draft. But, I mean, we have money coming out of every direction. I say we go after Apparently. all three. Go after all three, and if we don't get any of them, then just draft. But Sue would be the one, obviously, that you would want to keep, I think. I I am very surprised about your initial answer about saying – None of them. Yeah, I really thought you would say one of them, and I'm I'm in agreement with you, Chip. Is I'm okay with them not bringing back all three because a you could go in the draft or yep. you could promote within promote a guy that was on the you know the second squad or the practice squad up, or you can go out in free agency still maybe get somebody for cheap. I mean, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh when you say go out in free agency because it's like I know, I know, I know. the Bucks are in the red, but now they signed everybody well, the almost Bucks, back. The Bucks have fun coupons; so, they're just printing you, money right now. Okay, <laughs> come on. Um, because you know we've we've heard rumors now that Seattle has been talking to AB. Russell Wilson mm, yeah. really wants AB to come there, which he'll probably get more money. Obviously, Fournette's been. been talking to other teams but like ab and him have been talking to the bucks too so i wouldn't be shocked if all three are like i'm going somewhere else yeah and that's fine with me i i'm okay to move on to something else i mean sue is getting obviously older but he played at a high level last this past year i mean he played one of the best years of football so if there's anybody to bring back sue's got to be the priority but yeah, you know, obviously. And you know what? You never know. They could bring back all three and shock the world again and just bring everybody back. I mean, <laughs> as, as, as Kaylee said, said the last show, it doesn't exist. There is no it, cap at all. You can't convince me there's a salary cap. Well, I just think it's it's kind of like you have a limit and then you we're never going to know exactly where they are in the cap because different websites have different numbers and some have you know, Shaquille Barrett's contract on there and some contracts aren't on there. And so it, it's, who knows how much money the Bucks actually have. I, they, figured they, it out. Jason Light knows. I, I figured it out. I know who's paying all these salaries. 
Is it Elon Tell Musk? Oh. No. Giselle is, is paying all these salaries. So. Maybe. I yes. wouldn't put it past her. I wouldn't she put goes, it past her. Tom, look, listen, Tom, you're happy. You're playing football. I want to see you happy. So I pay for people's contracts. I don't care. I make <laughs> more money than you. Hashtag. I like it. Hashtag Giselle makes more than you. So it's, I pay. I pay it, more. I pay. It's kind of like when parents put their kids in after school activities and they're like, well, it's worth it. So they're not out getting into trouble, you know? It's like, keep them out of trouble. Keep them busy. I mean, I don't mind it. I think I read an interesting um, interview with Greg Allman, who is obviously the Buccaneers writer for The Athletic, um, about Indominus Sue, who basically his perspective after talking to people at the Bucs organization, potentially even Sue himself, I'm not sure, but... He basically thinks that he's deciding between retirement and returning to the Buccaneers, which makes sense because he's 34 years old. He's about to have two kids. His twins are due any moment. And then he's newly married. Right. So the, the likelihood of him wanting to move around and uproot a family that's just really kind of like setting, creating roots in one place is, is pretty low. But it's it's nice in the sense that it could give the Bucks a cheap in for him to resign because you know, that's a huge, I, I think people really underestimate the off the field and sort of personal connection. Yeah, yeah. Like I think they don't, I think they kind of think that they'll go anywhere for money. And I think we've really seen that that's not necessarily the case. I think a lot of teams could have paid a lot of players, a lot of money, but at the end of the day, where's the destination they want to be. And I really think he's kind of made that destination here, but you know, he's durable. He hasn't missed a game in I don't know, almost nine years. So at this point it's kind of like, why wouldn't you resign him when he was such a big piece of your run defense, which was number one in the league? But I could also see him retiring. I don't know. I feel like I feel like that makes more sense than him signing with another team. So I lied. The Buccaneers on spot track are <laughs> underneath the cap. Oh, by, by how much? Two hundred and twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Two hundred and fifty-three thousand. So they're a shade. So they okay, can so get a third string. They're like one eighty one seven four seven. So basically, they could sign one of us to be. Yeah. You know. Oh no, dude! Just go to free agency. Let's go sign somebody else, and we'll just have to, you know, go figure that out. But yeah, so they are officially under the Shaq Barrett contract now. I see it; it's on there. But I mean, it's amazing to me that you see the hits uh, for these guys and Shaq Barrett. I mean, do you know what he did? And this is how the finagling of contracts has worked out of his deal. So he was looking at getting almost $20 million a year. And just to show you what kind of guy he is, signed a four-year deal, $68 million, I believe. You know how much money he's making this year? I guess how much money he's making this year. What is cap? I don't, I don't think it's, I think it's like six five. Million. five it's five. Five, yeah. okay. Five million. This is a guy that's <clears throat> going to be averaging 20. Probably, maybe, maybe somewhere... At, you know, 19.5, you know, somewhere in upwards of $20 million and signed a deal for five in his yeah. first year. Well, but Kaylee, he, we talked about this, Evan. I'll let you go in five seconds. Sure. Next year, his number jumps. Oh, they're going to be there. Tremendously. Yeah, it's not that the cap doesn't exist. It's a fun joke to say, yeah. but it does exist. It just exists for them at a later date, which Correct. that is going to be a freaking nightmare to solve like Evan and I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's quite all right. Um, I, I, and then I cut Kaylee off. I'm sorry. 
It's okay. You're cutting both of us off. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Kayla, you go first. Yeah, I think, I don't, I don't know. I think, uh, I'm just, I'm of the opinion that this is a win now team. And when yeah. I think of Ndamukong yeah. Sue, he's the only one on that list that I think is a win now player and a piece that's necessary because I think great. You could get someone else that position, maybe cheaper, maybe out of the draft, but I, I think when you have a run defense that's number one in the league, right? A huge factor of why you won the Super Bowl. I just think you want to retain as many defensive pieces as possible before you go and try to keep Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, who, like, let's be fair, I, regardless of who has shown interest in those players, they're not going to go out and get a huge contract just because what, I mean, their proven track records. For Antonio Brown, it's behavior. For Leonard Fournette, it's production and, and ability and dur durability. Outside yeah. of a system that has Tom Brady is not proven, right? Like, we haven't seen Antonio Brown stay out of trouble without Tom Brady. We haven't seen Leonard Fournette do anything without being in the Buccaneers offense with Tom Brady. And that's that's a huge what if. And I think teams aren't really willing to risk it. Also, Leonard Fournette, age, durability, track record. Like, what? I mean come on. There's a lot of running backs in the league. There's a lot of running backs in the draft. That's not a worthy investment. Shaq Barrett, Shaq Barrett makes more than Tom Brady next year. <laughs> it, well, it just goes to show you how, how these guys are willing to kind of take those restructures and cuts to, to, to go for two. I mean, they're the end game, obviously, and, and you guys hit the nail around him. I think Kelly, you did. You said it correctly is like, this is a win now team. Like, because the clock is 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 obviously ticking on how long Tom Brady is going to be here. Because obviously he's he said, "Hey, I may play till I'm 45. I may play until my legs fall off or I'm 50 years old." So this team wants to 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 keep with the fire that's going on, and they're going to do whatever it takes to to keep whoever. And if if people want to take less money to win Super Bowls, they're going to do that. If if that's their mentality, and a lot of those guys have already, they've restructured. I think there's still more restructuring going on that obviously we don't know about to to probably bring back all three you never know like ab yeah. and, and fournette were working out together like this past week in florida so and ab said on on his instagram account we're gonna work it out like we're gonna try and and, and bring everybody back so there's there's a lot we don't know especially when it comes to the money situation the bucks have and i want to hire them as my accountants because <laughs> they're so good at money so you know that's that's the tom brady effect it goes back to, do you think this would happen if Jameis Winston was here? Hell no. So it, it just goes back from the guy that's leading the team, and that's Tom Brady. And, and you know, the win now is the win now, but I, obviously you really do have to prepare for those. That departure of Tom Brady is they're going to be uh, in a huge shit show of a situation when it comes to, like, money situation. But, like, li listen, let's enjoy the ride right now, baby, because I am. So. Do you sacrifice two Super Bowl champions and then go su Super Bowl championships? And then what if it takes five years for you to put together a team? I'm okay well, with that. Like, here's the thing, though. And that's what I was going to say is that yeah. that's what most teams deal with, except they don't get the two Super Bowl trophies, right? Like, most teams go through this cycle. There's a lot of teams that haven't won a Super Bowl one ever be in the past decade. So there's a lot of like, you're risking it, but it's understandable, right? Because two Super Bowls, what it does for your franchise, your city, your economic status, your marketing, your brand, everything, right? It makes you like a worldwide 
the way the Patriots are, right? Like it, it makes yeah. you that established global brand that the Bucks just aren't as a small market team. And now they're starting to be. And I think when you look at Jameis Winston or for any, any of the other quarterbacks in this league, any of them, if you bring them to a place and you throw anybody they want on their roster, you invest all this money, you push all your contracts back two, three years, the likelihood that everything lines up, right? And this isn't just saying like, because Tom Brady is great, they won a Super Bowl. There's a lot of things that went right, correct? I mean, they're, they're, yeah. the draft picks are always hit or miss. Draft picks in general are hit or miss. Rookies are hit or miss. And all of their rookies performed at an outstanding level, right? There's not a lot of rookies that will perform like that in a first year system going to a Super Bowl and through the playoffs. You had a defense that really struggled in the beginning that kind of got everything together in the end and figured it out at the right time. You had an offense that it really didn't matter what they did when they turned over the ball, they were still able to be in the game because of your defense. Like all of these things are just, they just, they just hit the right moment and everything fell into place. And the the chance of that happening, even if you throw every single resource you have in to surround your quarterback Slim with whoever they want in the league, it's yeah. the chances are super unlikely, right? So yeah. you could spend, and I think with Jameis Winston, they were trying to slow growth, right? They're trying to build a franchise, a legacy the right way. But the problem is it's just they didn't do the right things. But now it's kind of like, well, if we win two Super Bowls or even one Super Bowl, to be honest, it was worth it's worth the two or three years they're going to be out because of these cap hits later. I agree. Godwin will be the next uh, the next problem because he's on a franchise yeah. deal, sixteen point five million. He is gone after next year, and he will already be Tom Brady will be the fourth highest paid player on that team. So listen, if this Godwin if, if this whole whole thing gets another Super Bowl in Tampa, I'm okay. I'm okay with after all the magic is done and, you know, they're going to lose people, you know, I, yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. Cause now if you, if you win another one, now you're in that elite three championship tier with those other teams, because you had one, which one's great, but now you have two. Let's go for three where you can be in that conversation with, with great teams. So I'm, I'm okay with the whole, whole kit caboodle of what's going on. You know what I mean? That's that's fine with me because winning is nice. I'm okay, ish. That's I, I'm, I'm Chip. Ish. I'm okay with it. Winning is 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 awesome. There hasn't been a winning culture in this this town, especially in the football realm, for a very long time. So yeah. I'm 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 riding the wave until it's it's back to suckland. Hopefully that doesn't come from fruition. <laughs> but you know, winning is is nice. It brings people together. The food tastes better. Um, you know, beer tastes Great better. Everything is everything is Barnes, better. Everything yeah. is better. Everything is better when you win, especially when you win a championship. So happy for you guys. Um, hey, I don't even <laughs> want to hear about it over here. Okay, Matt Ryan's not going anywhere for the Falcons. They restructured his deal. His cap hit next year is like forty-eight million. So yeah, you, you guys, take, you can great. take the quarterback. Yeah, you can take the quarterback out of the realm for the Falcons at the top of the draft. And it's over. So that's kind of the deal they've, they've taken. So That's fair. Before we I'm jump into the NFL and other teams that are winning or losing in free agency, let's talk about our sponsor, eBay. 
Yes. Whether whether it's rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by an independent professional authenticator. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. And each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated the selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and a unique selection. That's Take a shot right there. every time you say the word authenticity. I would... I would if be you, in the hospital. If you don't Take stop moving that screen and I'm affecting sorry. what, quit moving it, dude. I'm, I I'm, I'm trying to be in the middle every time you move it. It's the last, and, uh, well, not the last one, but. Driving know. me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's branch out into the NFL universe. Who are your, you do. Sorry, who are Jeff. your free agents? Oh, that's unfortunate. Just like. Yep. It's been happening all show. We're just keep doing it. Hey, it's okay. it's the it's the banners that we got to put up. Come on, I know. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying yeah, half my head being there. It's going. It's all right. All right. <laughs> Who are your free agent winners? We'll go round robin on this one. Actually, you know what, Kaylee? We're going to start with you. Well, oh, who are your, yeah. We're going to start with you. Who wow. are your Who are your free agent? Win- Let's start with winners first. Who are your winners in free agency for NFL? Yeah, mine are the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Going back to this conversation of creating a destination, creating a place Mm. players want to be, the Buffalo Bills have done that really, really well. And you can see it because a lot of their a lot of their players are coming back on those team friendly contracts at a discount and not even necessarily pushing their cap hits to later years, but just coming back for cheap, right? Like they could easily go out. A lot of teams have seen a lot of or a lot of players have seen a lot of action in free agency, but are returning to, or choosing to return to Buffalo. I, you know, they re-signed Isaiah McKenzie. I think that's a huge thing for them one year and he's taking $1.15 million, which is insane because when you look at what he has been able to do, uh, huge, right? And there's someone out there who would look at his body of work over the past couple of years and say, we're going to pay him more than that, but he's choosing to go back to Buffalo. He's obviously huge for their special teams. You saw him run back punt return. He had a three touchdown game in week 17 and then signed backup quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, which this is exactly where Mitch Trubisky belongs is on the bench as a backup quarterback, but this is a great, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, this is a great place for him because like, this is a team that is doing everything right to be a contender, right? Like they were right there. And they were just missing depth and they were missing a few little tweaks. And then they're going to be right up there in that Super Bowl conversation. And having a solid backup quarterback is probably one of the, it sends a message of we're ready to contend because you now know that every other piece is in place for the most part. And if something happens, God forbid to Josh Allen, then you know, you have a guy who can at least step in and look competent, right? Like, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's going to pull a Nick Foles in the Super Bowl, but he's going to step up and look like a starting quarterback because he's been a starting quarterback. Whereas any other guy that's really floating around the backup quarterback market is not necessarily going to be that guy unless you were going to pull for Ryan Fitzpatrick, which obviously they're a little out of his price range at this point. But, you know, I I just think Emmanuel Sanders, you look at their receiving core. I mean, 
Diggs, yeah. Gabriel Davis, Manuel Sanders, Cole Beasley. I just, I'm, you should be scared of them if you're in the AFC. I'd be scared of Buffalo. Also, Matt Milano. Linebacker you should be scared, of, Buff- should be scared of Buffalo as it is already. I mean, they were. Yeah, Milano Stan was also really big. I would love yeah. to see, although I don't see this happening. I wish Harris, Najee Harris from Alabama, would drop to Buffalo, and then he would get snagged up, and that would just be, mm, that'd just be delicious. Do you see his? Do you see his uh, pro day workout? He did, did not you- work out. Oh, not his, not his pro day workout. It was uh, a workout he did. Um, Najee. Yeah he, yeah, he filmed it for Instagram. Yeah. Dude's got oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be, dude, he's he's the he's the sauce, dude. He is the special sauce. His, flight, his flight got canceled. He drove. He drove. Nine hours. Like nine hours. Yeah, wild. Uh, he, that's, that's, that's being a team player, man. I love that. He got all the reviews on that today watching everybody. And Mac Jones did well. But um, oh, you I'm going to go completely off the cuff and go backwards. And it's the first time I'm ever going to say that I like anything that this team does He's ever. I was going to say the Giants. I know. Oh. I'm going to say the one team that has spent the most, or, well, maybe they haven't spent the most now, but at one point in free agency they had oh, the, the New England Patriots. Patriots. Ah. And where I'm going to go with this is it's <laughs> interesting to me to see that a team that used to make fun of teams for spending money in free agency – has now flipped the switch. And I'm doing this almost sarcastically because what honestly, internally, what I'd really love to happen is for the Patriots to go out and lay a big stinking egg. That's was, what I really want. I was just about to say that because I was like, I'm about to disagree with Chip on this because I want them to lay a huge okay. egg. But I will tell you this the majority, I think the impact signings were more defensively. Judon as a as a hybrid yeah. pass rusher. Okay. I mean, I can understand where where I'm curious. The Patriots are great at scouting talent. They're really not good at drafting, but they're good at finding veterans at their peak and then blending them into a system. Right now they've taken a lot of veterans and they didn't have a lot in the cupboard. So you're going to see kind of a, a a revolution on what they've done and I think defensively it's going to work. Offensively, I don't think it's going to work because you still don't know their quarterback situation. They're saying, Cam, if Mac Jones is there, I think New England scoops him up like a biscuit on a freaking plate. I think they just sop him up with some gravy, butter, and get him in there, dude. That's what I think. Kind of want some biscuits and gravy, though. I mean, (laughs) biscuits and gravy. Do that to me, man. (laughs) All right, who are you going with? I've got the Colts. On this one for winners, I gotta tell you. Okay, I'm interested. Okay, here's my reasoning. Now, obviously, Carson Wentz, you know, was your big splash. It was it was a trade, of course. Um, No signing was signing or trade. It was trade. Trade, trade, trade. 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 That was your big splash. Now we don't know if he's going to return to form under Frank Wright. He had his. Success when Frank Wright was there in Philadelphia in the they beginning. Him, yeah, in the yeah, they brought him over. They brought him into Indy, who's already a good team. Listen, they they very good eleven team. and five with Phil Phil Rivers last year. So, <clears throat> you know, obviously bringing Carson Wentz is there is it's like a high high. It's a, it's a boomer bust. I mean, we're we gonna get Carson Wentz from a few years ago. You know, he's he's been injury ridden, but 
are we going to get the Carson Wentz when he was with Frank Wright? You make that you, you sign Xavier Rhodes for cheap 6.5. You know, one of one of the best corners in the league right now. Obviously, he didn't did have well, that great, yeah. did didn't really have well. that great of a year last year in Minnesota. You re-signed Marlon Mack. Your 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 backfield is already solidified. You did still with Jonathan, once with Jonathan Taylor there. So I, I I think the Colts have won that 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 free agency market because they're gonna be a they're gonna be another great team in the mix. They 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 didn't make a lot of moves, but the moves that they made are the ones that counted to make this team better going forward. I I as much as I hate Philadelphia in the Philadelphia Eagles fan base and the Philadelphia Eagles as a whole. Once you pluck a player out of there and go to the, a team like the Colts, you're in good standings with me, okay? And I, I, I like what they did, and I think the, the pairing of Carson with Frank Wright is going to make him a better quarterback because they have a fantastic offensive line. He's not going to be on his back so much like he was in Philadelphia. So I, I got the Colts as my winner for free agency. Okay. I'm, I'm cool with that. Thank you. I like I it. Can, I as long as I, I get can, your approval, Kaylee, I'm like, I can like, I can like it. I think the Colts are going to go tackle because okay. they do need a tackle. But I think that, like you said, Evan, it's going to be boom or bust. And you're going to see within a year or two, right. the contract he's got is four years at 125. So you got to figure, you know, taking a rookie quarterback, obviously you get off the hook with the cap. And the Colts did not give – I mean, they gave a little bit, but they didn't give a lot. I think it's a third-round pick this year. So they're still keeping their first and second draft picks, which is a great move. You can still improve your team at a good level uh, and have a quarterback with experience and also that knows the system. So I do. I like that. Okay, I was going to say the Giants because the Giants made a lot of moves too. I mean, they – Kenny Galladay – Kyle Rudolph, John Ross. Now, of course, it's Kyle the Rudolph failed his physical today, which is going to be the trade right now as an hold. He that's has a medical flag wild. right now. But you have an, you have an Evan Ingram there, so I mean that's he's going to. Yeah. Well, yeah, that. and he's another guy. Hopefully, he can stay injury but free. It's, but it's the Giants. Team, yes, it's I the think Giants. it'll be okay. Yeah, we'll it's see. the Giants. They they always seem to screw up everything anyway. So let's go on the yeah. other side of the coin. Losers. Um, I'm gonna go Pittsburgh Steelers on this one, and it hurts me to say. I like that. I like. I like that. I like that. I think. Um, I'm gonna go Pittsburgh Steelers and Juju Smith-Schuster because I don't think this is a great move for either of them, if that makes sense. And I think the Steelers are taking L's in other places as well. But I think when it comes to the Juju resigning. Obviously, he's taking a pretty team-friendly deal, but he's also got four avoidable years on the back end of that. So it kind <laughs> the of magic of deal. <laughs> I mean, these these imaginary deals all over the league. It's it's a wild thing, but it it's it just screams like budget crunching, and it just seems weird because I'm like, is Juju that big a part of your plan as an offense that you need to cut budgets and and figure things out to get him back on your roster? And for Juju is. Do you really think that spending one more year in Pittsburgh is going to help kind of increase your free agency stock in 2022? I just don't see it happening. I mean, personally, I don't see that happening. Didn't he take less money to stay in Pittsburgh too? He did. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he tested the waters in free agency a little bit and I'm not sure. Again, I, I do think he really likes Pittsburgh. I think he likes the fan base. I think he likes being there. So I'm not sure. 
I can't say for sure, obviously, as we can't say for sure for most of these things, but I don't know that he went out and really negotiated a lot of deals with other teams or, or really talked in depth with other teams. But I do know that he likes being in Pittsburgh. He wanted to be there, but it was very, a, a you know, he made it very clear that he took a team friendly deal, which by all means, you know, like that is what it is. I think everyone knows that at this point, but I think he's kind of hedging his bets that he's going to get some play this year to raise his capital a bit. And I think the Steelers, I just don't really, I don't know what they're planning to do They're They are a team that they are not willing to break everything down and start from scratch. And I think when they look at Ben Roethlisberger and what his ability is and where he might have downfalls, maybe they're not willing to rebuild everything from the bottom while he's still there. So I think maybe they're just kind of trying to get what they can this year and then try to maybe rethink it going forward. I don't really know, but I am not that impressed. I think their defense is not going to be as good as it was last year, clearly because of the pieces they lost, but it'll still be a top defense. I'm just not sure what they're really doing to address the offensive problems because I haven't really seen any moves made. If Roethlisberger goes back to fat Santa, fat homeless Santa like he did last year, (laughs) I think he'll be okay. I just so that's um, how they went. Just just have them be wh- fat, homeless. Sandwich. Wow, yeah. that's that's a place to go back to. Wait, I wait, gotta tell let you. me let me reverse that. Woo. Fat alcoholic Santa. That's there, you go. To. Yeah. there you go. Well, Juju, yeah, Juju is making a spectacular two point four million dollars uh, in free and free agency. Well, let's he makes estimated more on, he makes, makes more Instagram point seven. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean. I don't agree. Kaylee, I agree with what you're saying, and I don't agree with the Steelers. Why? I don't – I would have gone to the Ravens. I would have gone anywhere else. Uh, you know, you could have seen your division rivals. You could have beat up on them. You could have showed them what kind of player you could have been in a better system, and you could have rubbed it in their face. So, James Ludeman, dude, he, he, he didn't really take mine, but the Saints, I mean, obviously, I'm going to stay in my division, and, you know, yeah, there you go. Saints, the the worst contract I've ever seen was Taysom Hill's four-year, $124 million extension, which had all voidable years and was just nothing. Um, that was my winner. And also oh, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Everybody in the, there, bro. Yeah, everybody uh, in the NFC South besides Tampa. Actually, I can't say that. Carolina did really well. They got Hassan Reddick, uh, yeah. which is a big piece for them. But, yeah. I'm just going to say uh, the Falcons and the Saints did awful. Just bad. I I think uh, this is too easy for being a loser because this team's in Houston, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what the – I don't know. I don't know. The Texans kind of put some pieces. And, Kaylee, maybe you can kind of – I think that they have some upside with Phillip Lindsay. And Mark Ingram in the no, backfield. No. no. I think they do. No. I just think I I guess I haven't paid too close attention, but I guess what are they doing? I mean, great, that's great. Those players are great, but how else have they improved? And and have they improved their offensive line? Because I yep. think that's one thing is like, how can you bring in running backs and say, here's we have a great run game, which is really a, a bread and butter staple of Houston's offense, but you can't do yeah. it without an offensive line. So, Chip, let me ask well, you: you have you have an overcrowded backfield as it is. David Johnson signed an extension. Now you bring in Phil Lindsay. You bring in Mark Ingram. Like, and 
there's there's so much tr- tread left on the tires for Mark Ingram as it is. I mean, it's not he's not Mark Mark Ingram of old. I mean, you can bring in Phil Lindsay as a pass passing catch uh, pass back uh, catcher, but yeah. but you, you still have that elephant in the room, which is Deshaun Watson. You well, and that's why you haven't pulled you know, the trigger, and he's not he's he's going to hold out. Obviously, we don't know what's going to go on with the whole issues that he has off the field, but you know you. You've had the you, you still have that opportunity because teams are still interested in getting him. But if you're waiting to the draft to pull that trigger, I, I think by then we're probably going to see more and more of this come out of what's going on with him on the personal side. And then teams will say, you know what, we're not going to deal with that right now. Well, and yeah, and are the Texans because here's the question is depending what goes on with that, right? Because that could go one of many different ways. We just right. don't know. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it's like, are the Texans, you know, a winner or a loser? Because then if, essentially they're going to be stuck with Deshaun Watson, not because they want him, but because no one else wants him now. Right. And maybe they should have just not been such stingy assholes to begin with and maybe they would have had a trade and gotten some capital back in return ahead of this whole situation i don't know i mean um again it's it's gonna get to that point because he his his stock was up and then all this came out and they didn't pull the trigger on anything and obviously they knew they knew something obviously they knew something was was happening like behind the scenes they had to have known there's no way you're going to keep this quiet until the press gets to it and it blows it all up I mean, they. I, I just think Houston has those chances of of making their team better, which they could have. And tra- he's not going to play no matter what. He's already said, "I'm going to hold out. I'm not playing for you." So now, if if you hold him, you do what you if you, if you don't make a move at at draft at draft day, what are you going to do at quarterback? You got nobody. Yeah. So oh, it's, it's like, I would not trade Deshaun Watson until draft day. That's the only time I would trade him. Period. I don't care what happens because you will get the best offer. Why trade him right now? I mean, Why? I don't, I don't think that anyone's going to, I, in, unless this situation um, gets solved before then, which I don't foresee happening. I just think the amount of piling on that is going on right now. I, I can't imagine that this gets solved in the next month, month yeah, and a half. Will. So, I mean, I don't really see anyone wanting to trade. I, it's a huge risk. I mean, you run the risk of losing him. Well, I mean, honestly, for for the rest of his career, if it turns out to, you know, all go one way yeah. or at least a minimum suspension if it goes the other. I mean, it just is like we've seen how these things go sometimes. It, it's hit or miss. So I don't know that anyone's yeah. willing to take that chance right off the bat, especially for what they want. And it's fair to want that based on his talent level, but I mean, who's gonna who's gonna send over that kind of capital, whether it's players or draft capital, for someone that you don't even know a guarantee if he's gonna touch the field? The Texans are almost like that fantasy football owner that you know has has a great trade in mind, but they're too scared to make that pull that trigger, and then they just go on the waivers and just pick a bunch of dudes that might like may not even be good on their team. That's the Houston Texans. That's my analogy for them. It is right now. I believe personally all this stuff with the Sean Watson smoke and mirrors. This is all smoke and mirrors. The talking about it has gotten, it's jumped up because they're saying that they're adding girls, but there's no substantial evidence or no one has come forward with 
documented evidence of anything yet. It has all just been hearsay. And a lawyer saying, I'm building the case, 10 girls building a case, building a case. So I'm going to need evidence. With Ray Rice, when that happened in the NFL, there was a tape. With Tariq Hill, there was police involvement before legal documents when he, you know, had had you know harmed his girlfriend when she was pregnant. There were times where the police was called and it was documented. Nothing has come out against Deshaun Watson right now that's documented. Not one thing. I will say, to be fair, um, these systems of reporting are flawed. Yeah. And I can't imagine that in Texas, they're not flawed. Just given the, given that it's Texas. <laughs> and yeah, like, I mean, if, you, if you can follow my vibe a little bit there, I, <laughs> I, I think um, regardless of what the lawyer says, I think the laws in Texas, the mentality of people in Texas are probably more on his side. Um, and I think we've kind of seen this happen multiple times in different sports where it's yep. it's like it, the first couple things trickle out and there's a lot of things like when it comes to legal that aren't going to be all over the internet um so there's yep. you know a lot of things we've seen this situation happen multiple times where people are like oh there's nothing there and then it turns out there's something there like there's there we go that person and you know it goes both ways i think we just have to wait and see what happens but um, I mean, we've also seen the NFL conduct investigations and suspend people when the state, city, and county have, I guess, found them innocent go. and let it yeah. go and drop charges. Uh, we saw yeah. that with Ezekiel Elliott. So I yeah. think there's multiple cases of both ways. But um, Texas, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's our sound clip of the day. Texas, man. Texas, man. Texas, man. Well, I got to We'll see what happens, but yeah, I need some evidence and I need some stuff, but I feel bad for this guy. If it comes out that, you know, all this is, you know, and I think sometimes I think where there's smoke, there's fire to some aspect, but obviously sports shows, podcasts, chatting, everybody makes their living on building this type of rumor and just having it build and build and build and build. And this is costing him millions like Tariq Hill was going to resign when everything came out with his girlfriend he was talking about being a hundred million dollar receiver now granted he's I think he's still got 70 which fine you know he's not he's not going to be hurting for money he's not going to be out of money anytime soon we hope but I couldn't imagine losing man 30 40 50 million dollars on something and something happened with Tariq Hill so mm. he got his hand slapped but we just have to see Kayla what you said with Deshaun Watson. I just want there to be evidence. I need to see something. Um, you know, I believe in all the uh, theories that people can hold you down and maybe try to keep you in Texas by sending out things that maybe aren't a hundred percent true or the rumor mill can deflate your value. Uh, and somebody could be doing it on purpose. So I do think that is possible. Yep. That's right, Evan. I do. <laughs> You move that screen again. Anything's possible. All right. Any uh, final thoughts before we close the show? It's Texas, man. <laughs> Dude, it's Texas. Texas man. First, first mount draft is uh, on NFL Live right now on NFL Network, which I'm looking forward to hopping over and watching. All yeah. Right. 
Nice. All right. So, well, that's my only plan. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, some people laughing. All right. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, God thank you guys me. for tuning in to the comments. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram at Play the Bay TV. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch, Play the Bay. And we will catch you guys next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Play the Bay. We'll be back again with another episode on the Believe Podcasting Network. If interested in advertising, please contact Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.